Oh, some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. Yes, coming in even hotter than usual. Uh, I've, I've tried to bring a bit of liveliness to the episode this week after getting some feedback on my previous stand-in uh, hosting duties. Uh, the usual host is away again tonight. He has told us that he's tweaked his neck at the gym. Um, I have a few follow-up questions around that, whether I don't know if I believe he, if he was actually at the gym um, or what exercise was he doing. I'd be curious to know that as well. But uh we can answer those questions later on. Jobber, how are you doing? How's your neck? Your your traps yeah. are looking pretty strong. Strong. Yeah, Always strong. strong. Um I you so you got an email about a sore neck. I got an email about phasing out slash restructure. So I don't know what that means. Oh but... no, well, it wasn't an email, it was a text it was yeah. a text message because Mixed... it's, it's twenty twenty two, but yeah. yeah. Mixed messaging from the production team. But <laughs> oh, um uh, it's a dog eat dog world. So. Should I be worried? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't get the message. Okay. Um, I will take it off air. Check the junk. Yeah, all right. I'll check, check the – yeah, yeah. Check my junk mail. It's probably in there with all those emails that our supporters send in as well. In the Gmail. <laughs> We've been checking that. That's uh, a black Barney, hole. Speaking of junk, how you going, mate? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, good. Thanks, Josh. It's a bit more of a junk performance from Spurs this morning, but we'll, uh, oh, we'll yeah. get into that one a bit later. Save that till very last. All right. Well, why don't you – uh, kick us off with a bit of a uh, weekly happenings and I, I've just glanced at it and I've seen some interesting stuff in the notes so looking forward to this one. As always very lively throughout the weekly happenings so we'll start off at AFCON and our usual very productive very important updates. Uh, Burkina Faso are through to the quarterfinals. They won 7-6 on penalties. The game ended one all after uh, extra time. Chuck in a red card in there as well for Gabon. But uh, what I want to go to is the final penalty kick from uh, the Burkina Faso player. So he, he runs up, puts it to the side of the keeper. Well placed, smart pen. So he starts tearing his shirt off with such passion and running towards the sideline. And in the background, the uh, Burkina Faso keeper is doing about, I think he did six backflips in a row. <laughs> on the spot along the added yeah box he's he was he was like huddled on the ground like in a ball like couldn't watch the penalty as soon as it went in he jumps up does like a, a roll and then six backflips uh unreal scenes did he save a pen or anything during the shootout i didn't catch that one. Oh, i, I didn't look too deeply into it oh i just wanted to that, that probably not no <laughs> well i mean it just gives Light to the whether he had right to do it or not. Yeah, kind <laughs> Six of, backflips. Is kind of takes away from the spectacle because um, it turns out <laughs> like there was a man doing amateur gymnastics while there was also a football game going on. Yeah, but no, fair, fair play to him then. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, congratulations to the Burkina Faso boys. I've been a fan since day one. Yeah, I called. I said they'd make. I reckon they'd make semis. None of that Rather is true. Start. But uh, <laughs> they've got to beat Tunisia to get to the at semi-final. So we'll see how they go. That's tough. Alrighty. Yeah. So looking back towards the Premier League and apparently poor old Ranieri, he's going to get sacked once they've found someone to fill his boots. So, I mean, probably could have seen this one coming from a mile off. Watford have been terrible in 2022 and even the end of 2021. Pretty much, I think he's won one game, I think. 
conceded every game. I mean, that's not really saying anything because the last four managers did that. But uh, what do we what do we think? Do we think who could actually come in for this role? And is it harsh on Ranieri or pretty fair? Um, I'll jump in first job. I don't uh, I don't really give a shit who comes in or if anyone does to for that matter for Watford. Uh, they're probably playing the championship next year. But isn't this like their like mo a bit? Like this is a like they they love sacking their managers all the time. But so to be fair, this is a a pretty generous run for Ranieri. Like he had a he was like. Pretty long, long tenure, to <laughs> be fair for Watford. Of, good couple yeah. of weeks, yeah. Yeah, if, you get, if you're talking months, then that's that's like a long time in their, their terms, I'd imagine. So good for him. It's it's an absolute shit show, isn't it, down at Watford? Like they yeah. Just, they are the, they are the uh, ultimate yo-yo club, and they seem quite proud of it. it they, honestly, on Friday night, Saturday morning, they were awful. Oh, like just yeah. Awful. Like I yep. never thought I would utter the words Josh Sargent double in my entire life. <laughs> like that just sort of sets the standard as to how bad they were. Like they were just terrible. And, they were, and he, and he, he just, looked good. He was he wasn't the right man. Yeah, he wasn't the right man for the job. But who yeah. is? Yeah, that's that's fair. Well I honestly be... I don't think I honestly don't think there is anyone like do you know how people yeah. would look at the job and they'd be like, Oh, it's a Premier League job, you save them. You know, you could be a real hero, but the reality is, if you save them, the knife's going to come for you anyway, and you'll probably just be the first person sacked next year. Yeah, exactly. You save yeah, them, you... and then if you're not top ten within the first six weeks of the next season, yeah, you're gone. You, you're basically starting the job with a gun to your head. You, you know who's primed for this role? Big Sam Allardyce. Marino. I can see. Oh, I can see him putting his hand up. That's that's tasty. Appar- apparently, he put his um. He put his name up for the Everton job without even being asked about it. He's just like, yeah, I'm here if you need. Yeah, by the way, boys, I'm still I'm alive. Gonna, I'm going to go on record, Barney, and rule myself out of the running. So, <laughs> well, Big Sam never rules himself out. Sam, so yeah, Sam has, he rules in himself detention. in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, the last one here. Now, over the weekend, there was uh probably the biggest match in dutch football going on psv eindhoven versus ajax uh it was a spicy affair and there was one incident i wanted to to go through which was uh a ajax player in their box he went to sort of you know collect the ball clashed with the psv player and he he sort of did a big old jump through the air rolled about three or four times off the field and then he didn't hear the ref blow a whistle for like a pen or a free. So then he rolled back three times onto the field and then stayed on the ground to make sure they'd have to stop the game and let someone come on the field to uh, to actually nah. uh, come give him assistance. Did you nah. see, see this, Josh? I didn't, but I, I can picture the scenario. I've seen a similar thing happen a couple of times before and I, I hate it. does my head in. It should be a yellow card <laughs> yeah. offense. It should be carded. And another thing while I'm on this rant, I think that... If a player goes off for like treatment, it should be a minimum time. Uh, sorry, yeah, minimum time they have to be off, say two or three minutes, to stop or at least punish players that like stay down and go off, then come straight back on because they were just trying to waste a bit of time. So, you- but that that works in the negative too. So, if I think you're playing well and there's like three minutes to go in the game, I'm just going to fold you like origami, mm. take the yellow card, put you down, like, and then you're out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, but, Ooh, but the trade-off, risk. you but get one you, a game. Yeah. You're gonna do that if you're gonna do that to hurt him enough. Anyway, you're gonna, you can, he's gonna be out for a couple minutes. 
Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, like now, yeah, yeah, they do that anyway. You just guarantee you put them over the sideline, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think if you if you're off the pitch in any way, shape, or form, and you come back on and then go down again, which which happens a bit, you, yeah, it should be a straight yellow card. Like we got VAR. That's what VAR's for. Um, I'd be, I don't know I'd if be, you guys agree, or am I just well? Harsh? I'd be more interested to watch Jobber try and fold someone like Origami without hurting himself more. I didn't say I wouldn't hurt myself. That's, that's the sacrifice. That's a trade-off, Sam. We're and the team two, in the process. Yeah, two players are going off the pitch. One of them is me. Like <laughs> it's a bigger loss for them, though. Basically, exactly, is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. 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 Those glass ankles. Cost oh benefit. God. So you're like Jordan <laughs> right. Henderson taking out uh, Ronaldo. It's like a cost benefit. Yeah, analysis, that, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like um, I'm just trying to think who's a good example. They're like Eric Bailly taking out Messi. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Same, same level extreme. of player. Yeah, yeah. Alrighty, let's get on to some transfer news here. And it's a done deal. Christian Eriksen's back in the Premier League and he's gone to Brentford on a six-month loan, I believe. Was this um, against medical advice? No, no, he's he's not the only player who's playing with the same device. Okay, like, uh, okay. Daily Blinn's been playing with one for years now. Uh, a few other yeah, players. Yeah, he hasn't really got his heart rate up much anyway. So I don't think <laughs> the only, the only reason he... Didn't go back to Inter is because there's a there's a rule in the Serie A where you can't play with uh, that device in your performance enhancing. Yeah, heart. fair. It's yeah. just like they don't allow it in their league. It's just banned. So that's why they terminate his contract. But um, yeah, he's joined Brentford. So this is this is pretty big for Brentford. I that's huge. They were because they're like you know potential to make top ten if they have a good end of the season. I'd say. Can they afford like not as in like financially, yeah. but can their playing style afford? A bit of a luxury player like Ericsson. but they—they, they, I think they—he's not—he's a luxury player, but he does like you see in that Pochettino system. He did work back, and he was running up, like he did a lot of running, and I think he could fit him in easy into that system. And he's—he's he's, uh, Danish, and that pretty much fits their mold of who they're signing is anyone <laughs> yeah, from true. Scandinavia. True, true. <laughs> I think, true, and yeah. I think uh, he does add a bit too, like with the set pieces and stuff. He's a very good set piece taker, so. I don't know. They do have they do have a lot of attributes on set pieces with some fairly big players too. So potentially, in that respect, he certainly adds something. But I'm I'm really interested, and it is it's quite pleasing to see him like back playing in the Premier League. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the best part of it for sure. The last one here, and uh, Josh, I don't know how you feel about this one, but yeah, Luis I'm all bricked up over here. If this happens, linked linked to join back up with Stevie G at Aston Villa. The Liverpool now, how boys getting we back together again. Oh, well, we're talking one more step and Daniel Sturridge will be signing for Villa, I think. No, but I mean, how's true? Like, is this like super rumor mill or is this like fairly good uh, Apparently, they've been chatting a bit. It's still very okay. heavy in the rumor mill, but I mean, there's, right. un- there's unrest apparently at Atletico Madrid. And I only deal in rumors, so. No, I know, I know. Uh, but no, that'd be cool. I mean, and Coutinho, what a combination. Um. um Barney, I think it's it's important here to note that um, Diego Simeone does like a good clean out from time to time. Like he tends to just like fully clean house every couple of years. So I wouldn't be surprised if Suarez is mugged off. I don't think he'd be good for Villa. I think they got Ingsy, Watkins. They just don't need him. But you never know. It's not an area I'd say they needed to, str- needed to strengthen. Although I probably would have said yeah. that about them getting... Coutinho as well, and he seems to be already a pretty good signing. So, you know, it might work out well for him. I love that Stevie G's like going for players that he's got a history with. Like he's played with them, so he knows he's like, because he's such a locker room like manager, he's like, yeah. he knows what they're like in there. So he knows, like he said the other day, he's like, Coutinho needs to be somewhere where he, he feels valued and loved by everyone. 
like a bit yeah. of a golden boy. And so he'd be treating him like that and that, that'll get the best out of him. Are, are you saying Paul Koncheski might come out of retirement? To, to play under Stevie G? Yeah. Yeah. Get him back. Get all, get all the, the oh, bloody... Barney, get... you were saying the other day that uh, rumours as well, uh, speculation that uh, Dirk Kout wants to come and assist coaching with yeah, Stevie G. But, he's, but he said that only if he's coach. Well, I didn't say only if he's coaching Liverpool, but he said, I'd love to be Stevie's assistant at Liverpool. Yeah. So, you know, maybe three years or so when Stevie gets the big call up, then Dirk will come back yeah. over. How's Dirk Kout's life goals, but? He wants to. He wants to be Robin to Batman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but I mean, it's better than not knowing Batman and not like being with Batman <laughs> yeah, at all, rather, isn't it? I'd, I'd, I'm going to use that knowledge from now on. I'd rather know Batman and be an assistant to him than <laughs> be the star. Him at all. But, yeah, than be getting punched in the face by Batman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Dirk, it's Dirk Cout's like style. He's always been. He's always been like the workhorse who just like does all the dirty work and then lays it off for the the star. So that's exactly how he's going to be in his managerial career is just working hard yeah, for Stevie. Yeah, he was always a sideman, a wingman. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into the football. And there was a lot that went on the weekend. We'll quickly touch on this one because Job has already uh, ranted a bit on it. But the relegation six-pointer, Norwich three, Watford nil. And chuck a red card in there for Watford as well. I know you you already talked about it, uh, Jobber, but Josh, did you manage to catch any of this? And and how poor did you think Watford really were? Uh, yeah, I was. I did catch the highlight package, the extended highlight package, actually. Um, Fancy. And yeah, I think I caught the actual last ten minutes of the game as well. Um, yeah, I, Watford were just so much worse than I thought they were going to be because as you probably, all the listeners out there who listened to the last ep know that I tipped Watford um, and to get blown out 3-0 and be so terrible in the process. Like, actually, they had most of the possession and stuff, but it was just such bad play, like, the whole way through. Um, nothing convincing about Watford at all. And, they like, this game, like, was a six-pointer, but also in the terms of, like, form and my view on the club, they basically just literally switch places with Watford now for me. Uh, sorry, Watford and Norwich have switched places, essentially. I don't know. Did you guys watch all of it or? Yeah, look, I got to watch it live action. I, I really enjoy the um, Friday night, Saturday morning games because it it's, it's on right as you get up. So I got to enjoy the whole yeah. thing, but it, there was not much to enjoy from what perspective. They were awful. And honestly, the difference was that it looked like Norwich were up for a fight. So I do want to cast your mind back to when Dean Smith got appointed as the Norwich manager. Um one of our one of our panel members actually said he they'll stay up and um, this is the first time they've been out of the relegation bottom three since like the start of the season. Was that me? No, it was me. Oh, um, spoiler alert. Yeah, they they just they really stand up for it. Like, and they're not a very good team. And I still think Watford have better players, but like they were really up for it. And Sargent is an absolute workhorse, and that's all that separated. Like he just really worked hard to go in the end those balls and score goals, but. Yeah, extremely disappointing for Watford, but they look like absolute shit. Yeah, they this, do. This game really made me appreciate the other games I watched on the weekend. Like just the quality of football in this was just shocking from both teams. It wasn't even just Watford. It was like Norwich as well with just just so many missed passes, just poor movement and that it was just bad. But yeah, I think you're exactly right there it, that Watford looked like a bunch of all right players just who are just playing terribly together 
and Norwich look like a bunch of average players who are actually somewhat of a team and know and have a system they're working towards. And I think that's that's what's going to potentially save them. Although that goal difference is terrible at the moment. And and also Watford are now going to be missing Dennis as well for a stupid red card. Yeah, that was that was dumb. That was so really dumb. Just frustration. They, really stupid. Yeah, it was. They um also just want to quickly mention Norwich's kit that day. That that pink one really rated that. I think that's why they played so well. There you go. Rate really that popped. one, and you don't rate any of Spurs alternate kits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, better than their home that green and yellow <sighs> home crap. Probably makes sense why you like that. Uh, Mac is away strip for Liverpool. Yeah, big fan of that one. I have fries with that one. <laughs> All right, let's get on the next one here. Job is about to bust out of that extra small shirt. Man United one, West Ham nil. Holy shit! We were talking about this one before the the pod, Jobber and Josh. Almost mentioned that Man United may have deserved to win this game. They did. That was I a did, really promising performance, wasn't it? Yeah, they've had those. At least a half. I, <laughs> it, was, I said- it was. It was. It was really. It was really. Uh, really interesting to list, be listening to commentating a, a game, a Man United game, and then to be saying, "Oh, Man United are looking really fluid right now." And I was like, "Yeah, they are." The next ball miss pass. Yeah, commentators curse. It Back was normality. Jobber, the words I kind of used right before the pod before you got online, was um, that it actually looked like a game for once that Man United deserved, like got the result and actually deserved it. So fair play to them. Yeah, no, it was, I think a critical difference in this game was the role of um, Bruno Fernandes. So I know his boys have both said off air, he could be the greatest player in history. Um, <laughs> and, and look, he, he might be, history might, history might tell us that. But I'm not, like he was, he was inspired. Like he was in absolutely everything. The early cross from Ronaldo in the first half. That ball, holy oh shit! Oh my god! But he's like, I think he has that ability when players are moving around. Like he can, he can do that from anywhere. Like he plays risky passes, but when it comes off, it's just majestic. Um, but it was just such a better performance. I think West Ham style of play almost like encouraged it a little bit too because they yeah. were so deep. They were like, yeah, you can have a goal at us. And then I feel like those like confidency type issues were slowly whittled away by West Ham sitting so deep and they're like, actually, we can start trying things. We can start clipping a few balls over. The chances weren't as good as you'd like them to be, but like it was a much better performance. And then um, the last goal, like we even had time for Anthony Martial to show his wonderful left peg in injury time there. Yeah, Um, almost rolled his own ankle. Unacceptable for a professional footballer to miss a ball by that much, I think. All right, you go, Barn. So is he back in the good graces of uh, of Ralphie then? After a little midweek spat? What about United yeah. fans? You back in love with him? No, nah, no, nah, he's he's a hard player to level. I'm still in love with Marcus Rashford. Like that's just you know he can do that. Just go on the end of things. Um, <laughs> Cavani, Cavani's such an easy player to like. Like it's the 93rd minute and he's just like, he works so hard, busting a gut to get there. And, and it's quality work though too. It is. It yeah. is. He like I think uh, you take his limitations for the the work that he does. Um, the what I want to ask you about Jobber is uh, Alanga, who's coming to this. Uh, squad for the last few games. I think he started the last three or so. Obviously, he hasn't changed the team completely, but like, is he in there primarily because he just works harder? He's a bit more direct. He just runs nonstop. Really fast. Is that is that why, or is there other I parts of his game I, that are missing? I honestly think it's the directness. Like that's I honestly think yeah. when you watch him play, like he's just a lot more direct than the other players, and I think that Rangnick likes that because he is really fast. But sometimes he um. Like if you watch him quite closely, sometimes he appears a bit stupid, like a bit naive. 
which you're going to get with like a, yeah, so a young. young winger. Like just the way he uses his energy a bit, he looks very naive. Like and with some of his defensive runs, he looks silly. But like he's just really direct. And I think that works well because Sancho, you know, wasn't really getting him behind. He's more of a come-to player and take blokes on, whereas his Alanga seems to be more of the, like, just burn past the bloke or get him behind him. I think when you've got someone like Bruno Fernandes who can, like, lash a ball from anywhere, like, it really opens the whole pitch up. Yeah, and it kind of, like you said, um, now that he's there doing those runs, it gives that, like, option for Fernandes to, to make. Like, previously... If no one's making the run, then Bruno's like, ah, fine, i got to do another pass or something slightly riskier or pass it backwards. But now it's like, oh, shit, I've got like Ronaldo making a run. I've got Alanga making a run, cutting in or something. And so I could just sort of flick one, you know, yeah. first time or something like that. Yeah, he definitely feel like he's got more creative outlet now for and, sure. And Marcus, Marcus Rashford, high on confidence in form, is just a better version of that, like a, a faster, better, more polished mm. version of Alanga. So like... I don't know. It's it, like it's early days still, but that was definitely the best performance of Ranius Reign. And that's a really important scalp for the table. So that pushed Manchester United. I know we all had a good laugh and a great time last week, but Manchester United, mind the gap, boys. Back it in the blows, top four. It blows my mind that they're somehow in the top four. We're, we're a historically important club, you know, like um, in, the, <laughs> in the words of the, what's the bar, uh, the Real Madrid president, Calderon, is it? No. Um, no um... You know, that. Perez, Perez, yeah, your Perez, the, the the Bond villain. Um, yeah, like you know, the, the historically significant clubs need to be looked after, and we're doing that. <laughs> yeah, so it, somehow it actually is ridiculous if you look at the table. Like all those teams, apart from West Ham, who are competing for fourth, you're like they're all having terrible seasons, yet they're all in contention for fourth place. But but yeah, the thing like, is too, like I think fourth is you're okay. Seventh is a team in crisis. <laughs> Like yeah, it doesn't no, matter who no. you are. Like no, do you know what I mean? Like it's it was yeah. Arsenal before Manchester United were in crisis. They win two games in a row back in the top four. Ranius a genius. <laughs> but if yeah, then if you take that and you look at the table, it's like it's basically the top three, and then everyone else is in crisis at the moment. Technically, but even even Chelsea are somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> like Chelsea yeah, everyone's, everyone's, everyone's bagging Liverpool. Like <laughs> yeah, Liverpool I don't know didn't what win twelve. You've been yeah, Liverpool didn't win 12 in a row, so suddenly they're in crisis. Pretenders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty, let's get, let's get on to the real pretenders. Manchester City won, Southampton won. What's going on at City? Are they in crisis? What's happened? They've, they haven't lost in three months. Now they've lost a game. Are they on the downward spiral? It was a draw. They drew. See him. They didn't even lose. It's basically but, 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 right, but you're right. It's just, it, it should be panic stations. No, yeah. but they were. They were, they, were a bit, neck. they were a bit flat. That, that's it. Like, and I suppose this was bound to happen because they've set the bar so goddamn high. Um, but Saints took their chance early and like sat back well and defended and did everything they could. And they were probably pretty unlucky not to get a second goal. Um, yeah. Yeah, City City were a bit off the pace, which <laughs> had to happen eventually, didn't it? I agree, but you also get what you fucking deserve when you wear that strip. Oh god, I hate those Puma Puma oh, alternate I felt strips. The same thing. They're fucking terrible. Oh. Just guess you know it was Manchester City because they had Manchester planted across the fucking front of their shirt. Huh? It said Man. It says Man City, doesn't it? Or is it Manchester? Oh, Man- City? I don't know. It's ridiculous. It's so shit. Actually, Barney, go all in turks. I reckon the port's an arrogant twat too. Yeah, can't play. <laughs> That's like Guardiola bloke. Yeah, but just nah. when he scored, he's just so smug. Yeah, I know. But but City, you're right. City were off the pace. But like Southampton, like didn't even just sort of get a goal early and sort of sit back. They kept pushing, and it probably ended up being like 
almost even for the match in terms of like good chances on goal. And Southampton could have had a couple. Brozier was offside a couple of times. Um, he looked real lively up front. But yeah, it was it was just an off day for City. Like it's gonna it's gonna happen, and they'll probably go out and smack someone five nil next week. So big warning sign so- for who they've got. Next Buddy, week. I want to take the focus off City for a minute because they're winning by a shitload. Yeah, probably they'll win 15 nil next week. But um, the Saints have turned things around because I know a couple of weeks ago it felt like we were talking about them as potential relegation fodder. And they're, they're now just like just behind Aston Villa, Leicester City, like Crystal Palace, Brighton. So like it, it just turned so fast for them and they've started showing some like showing some real signs in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they're probably the most volatile team in the league. Because they can go oh, out that's and a big nah, Leicester. That's a big Leicester call, City. yeah. No, Leicester. Leicester have been consistently shit, though, all season. Consistently like, volatile. But, but, but I reckon Southampton like, can go out and like, w- like almost beat Man City, but then they could like lose to Burnley next week. Like, they're just, they're so, they're so up and down. It's so weird. I, I can't pick them week to week. Leicester are very similar, but Leicester you can pick because if they, whatever they had last week, they won't have this week. Yeah, fair. So, so you can do that. So Southampton are 12th with 10 draws and only five wins this season. Five mm. wins looks horrible there. Five the wins. The same, the same amount as Everton, who are very close to relegation. Although, yeah, and their current form is actually on the upward trend. It was at a, a win, draw, win, loss, draw. So, yeah. Take it as you will. If I read that correctly. There's a lot, there's a lot of draws going around this season. Like Brighton are sitting in ninth with 12 draws and six wins. Crystal Palace just behind Southampton with nine draws. Like there's a lot of drawn games this, this year and it's, uh, it's not as exciting, you know? It just needs to be – there needs to be a winner. Should we need to Americanize the sport a bit more, I reckon. Okay. has to be a winner over time. Just straight to game. penalty shootout, yeah. Halfway penalty shootouts. Halfway, yeah. Crossbar challenge. Let's somehow bring field goals into it. All righty. Next one we've got here was Liverpool 3, Crystal Palace 0. I thought I'd called it as Crystal Palace as the bogey team, but I was wrong, Josh. Yeah, suck shit. That's what you get. <laughs> we went through the stats and they just didn't look like there was anything that was that Crystal I, Palace could I, have done. I, I exclusively wasn't talking about the last five years. No, no, of course. Um, no, it was pretty – I think I said it was going to be pretty routine – Win, I felt like not not a blowout or anything, but Liverpool would go in, get the win, get out. Would have been nice to keep a clean sheet, but Crystal Palace did have their moments for sure, and they had about a ten minute spell, oh, early midway through the second half. Um, but aside from that, it was pretty pretty controlled from Liverpool. Jobber, you got something to add there? I I do. I just want to express my immense disappointment. So I think like at points in time, I can live with someone being unmarked on a corner. What I can't live with. Is a six foot five Dutchman <laughs> being completely untouched going for a header? It just it it blew my mind. It made me so. It angry. did. I'm like, how the fuck do you miss him in the box? Van Dyke looked surprised as the ball came in as but well. He, like, yeah, the and he just like in? nodded at home and he's like, "What is going on?" Like, I, I don't care who you are in that team. If you see he's free, just go to him. Like, yeah, ditch your man and be like, "Well, I'm going to the fucking giant." Or like, <laughs> there was no one at the front post either. Yeah, go Barn. I don't care how good your zonal defense is. Like, just pick up the two center backs from the opposing team, zone the rest. Because we saw it last week as well with um, Chelsea with Webster. They're one of, one of two center backs for Brighton running free into the into the center of the box, free header straight in. Like, you got to pick up at least the center backs in that scenario because you know they're the, the target. Fucking huge. 
Yeah. Like, sure. Yeah, if you're scanning the box, yeah. I know. <laughs> or if you get a zone, at least maybe prioritize zoning the front half of the six-yard box. Like, there was nobody there. <laughs> Just zone around him. Yeah. yeah. Put some cones well, That was shocking. Also, if they're, if Liverpool are leaving a massive gap at the at the front, like half the goals, they're probably going to run into that space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a suspicion there was something going we on. We need to do football there. tactics with Barney. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I should be coaching him, but yeah, it was um, it was a pretty standard win. There was a there was a bit of worry there for a little bit. Crystal Palace had a good spell, like you mentioned, Josh. Um, what did you think of the penalty to Jota towards the end? Because Alan Shearer was about to chin both the referees. First, <laughs> go in the VAR box, and then go out in the field and chin. I think it was Kevin <laughs> Friend on good. the field. He was fucking fuming. Well, he, he because they didn't just call the penalty straight away, or he no, didn't think it was a he pen. He was assuming because he thought it was the most unlikely pen you're ever likely to see. Unlikely <laughs> pen you've ever likely to see. I like that. Quote that. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't. I saw the first two angles of it, and I was like, Stop. "Oh, it, it looks like one <laughs> of those ones you know where they." But then watch the reverse angle behind Jota, and the keeper moves into him though. Yeah, but if you're yeah, chasing a reverse angle from behind Jota. No, no. <laughs> Not a pen. No, no. The, the keeper like literally goes from going diagonally then to just straight laterally sideways and moves straight into him, like blocks his pass. So no, that was Jota. That was no, Jota, Jota moved that way too and the keeper went with him and moved into him. I could show you. Yeah, isn't that 50-50 then? No, but, the, but he's already taken the ball past him. Need, uh, no, but, Jobba, but Jobba, Jota's moving <laughs> away from, from the ball though. No, Jota takes a step. The last step he takes is towards the ball and part to go past. The ball's going and straight he, and he's going right, though. No, no, but then he, he moves back left and the keeper moves with him at the last <laughs> second. I think we're watching it from different angles. No, you <laughs> must be. One is, one is in front, one is in behind. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The key the angles. Jota didn't deserve a penalty. <laughs> but you've got you to gotta be honest. I, I can not the greatest penalty, but some of the shit they give this year like and sometimes, like the way the defender dangles the like leg in and stuff like that, the, the striker. I, I don't think it was a pen, but I don't think it was as bad as what Alan Shearer was making it out nah, to No, it definitely wasn't. No, no, but that's the thing. I think what we, what we hoped for was like VAR to clear things up, but it's just created like more niche problems that we have to try and solve. Just the issues like smaller, yeah, yeah, yeah. With like specific examples that we just don't have. Josh, I yeah. genuinely don't think it was a Because they, did, they didn't, they, the ref didn't give it as a pen, pen initially and then they went back and he looked Which at means it. Which means it was a clear and it. obvious error, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so well, actually let's, let's discuss that then. Was it a clear and obvious error? Because it might have been a slight error. I don't think it was a clear and obvious error. And yeah, that was, a, that was Shearer's main point was yeah. that he was like, there's no way that's a clear and obvious error. Yeah, so that's so where should, I'm. That's that's where I'm like, yeah, maybe it's not a clear and obvious error. But then you watch, if you just watch it in isolation, you're like, oh, I could see how they give a pen there. But they, yeah, like you said, they didn't. So then it had to be. But I think that's not even the top five most controversial pens this year. So I, I don't think it's really an issue. We might do we might do a separate segment on that. Yeah, I could, I could pull out a few. <laughs> Considering the scoreline and the uh, and yeah, the time of the game, yeah. It, it yeah, it didn't change change the result or anything. Alrighty, so. The next game we had here was a somewhat exciting nil draw between Arsenal and Burnley. And before we get into it, there were stages of this game where I could not believe the possession stats I was looking at. It was like 90 to 10% in periods of that game. Absolutely to Burnley. ridiculous. 
to Burnley. No, unfortunately. <laughs> it was just what they're known for. It was just, um, just Ashley Barnes' arm up holding two blokes off in the corner. <laughs> playing for the draw early. <laughs> Can't even get a game these days, mate. It's all Jay Rodriguez. But, Joe, what do you think of this game? How do you think Arsenal win? Yeah, look, if, if you're an Arsenal fan, you're very disappointed because some they still play some really encouraging football, don't they? Like, I just love watching Odegaard and Saka stream through the park the way that they do. And some of the, like, the one and two touch stuff is really exciting to watch. But, yeah, would be immensely disappointed. Lacazette probably the most disappointing. Had a really good chance to win the game. But, oh, yeah, geez. like, that's, that's what the good sides do. They go to Burnley and they find a way to score, and Arsenal just couldn't do that. So... Arsenal are scoreless now in their past four games, I believe that is. So four on the trot, they haven't scored. I think they might even be four. They haven't scored in 2022 yet either, which is not a, not a good stat. But um, I thought ESR was very busy up up top as well, and he made some fantastic runs. And that chance where he squared it to Lacazette and he missed it was just – he does such so a good much run. of the work, so much work, and then Lacazette stuffed it up. So it was disappointing for him. But it, w- uh, it yeah, wasn't I like guess... even like a. Sorry, I was to say I guess Arsenal in crisis now, haven't scored in four games. Crisis. <laughs> yeah, they did get they did get booed off the field, yeah. so it wasn't. Oh a... yeah, but that's just <laughs> Arsenal harsh, fans. That's just Arsenal yeah. fans and Burnley fans. But no, look, they're, they're down to six. Um, two points behind Manchester United. They have a game in hand, but yeah, you got to start thinking crisis. Like the way United are playing, I don't know if they can catch them. So, so if they win the next the game in hand and leapfrog United, which is likely to happen, yeah, but they haven't we'll, scored. They haven't scored a goal in four games. Like, why are not United five? back into crisis mode? Then is it just switch roles? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but then <laughs> so you've got two. So between sandwich between two teams, which are arguably in crisis mode, United in fourth, Arsenal in sixth, and Tottenham in seventh, and then you've got West Ham sandwiched in, in between there, who are like high flying season, like. Just, just you know, it's just funny to look at how teams are expected to do and how they're actually doing. It's it's called. Uh, we're gonna have some crisis derby soon, I think, when these teams face off against each other and Six whoever loses gets the crisis derby. stick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, disappointing result for Arsenal. Good result for Burnley, considering their situation and who they're playing. So they're only four points uh, in the relegation zone. So one win and a draw could get them out of there. Alrighty, next one we had here was Leicester versus Brighton and like the sun will rise in the morning, Leicester didn't repeat their result of last week. One all draw and I tell you what, I don't even know why they try and defend anymore. Just stop defending and oh. just go all out attack. Play, get rid of your centre-backs, put on two more strikers and just attack, attack, attack. They yeah. are terrible. It's probably not a bad idea. Um it would make for more entertaining games, I'm I'm sure. Like you get some uh some some three all draws rather than the one all draw, but I didn't actually catch this whole game. I caught the highlights and from what I saw it, it looked like if it was gonna go either way, it was gonna fall for Brighton, um, some of the chances. So I guess Le- Leicester were lucky not to go too extreme Leicester, on their reverse result. Leicester were hanging on by the skin of their teeth yeah. for the last 20 or so minutes. Like mm. Welbeck's, Welbeck's goal obviously got him back in it, but there was an excellent save from Schmeichel leading yeah. up to that. And then later again, um, I think Philip Trossard had a crack. Like they, they had chance. <laughs> Philip, Philip Trossard. <laughs> Is that his? <laughs> That's not even close. It's Leandro Trossard. 
Oh, that's no, it's right. his brother Philip. He's yeah. his brother. I got Big Phil. Coaches into Miami. Big. Yeah. Um. So, Big Phil. Um. But yeah, no, they're hanging on my skin teeth. But Patson Dacca can't stop scoring, can he? Yeah, he's he's. But he's exactly yeah. what they they want in their team. Like, like fast, direct, a, a pure Jamie Vardy replacement, which is good for them. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Also, like I said, like Leicester can't defend. Like, why are they sitting back? and trying to protect a 1-0 lead. Like, defense is the worst part of their game at the moment, and they're still pretty fluid in attack, especially with James Madison and the form he's in. So, like, why not keep pushing for another? Like, it just yeah. it, it's just beyond me now why they, why they keep doing that. It's just they're going to concede. It's inevitable. Do you, think yeah. it's, do you think it's a tactic, or do you think they're just not following instructions? Oh yeah, you wouldn't think. You think Brendy had cottoned on to to yeah, like you're saying, Barney. Maybe we just try and grab another one or two because we're probably not going to hold a clean sheet. Um, so you'd have to lean towards the fact that maybe people just aren't working it out. They're not playing well. They're not concentrating and executing more more than it's a tactical error. I don't know. That's what I would think. But yeah, I mean, they're, not. they're like they're. It's not. I guess it's not just them. Sort of dropping off a little bit. Obviously, the other team like Brighton picked up their game when they conceded as well, which makes it harder to attack them. But like multiple games this season, they've sort of tried to sit back and protect a lead, and they have failed, and then they end up with a bad result. So it's like just attacks their best form of defense at the moment. I think they should just be like pushing forward the more they can, and sort of like. Even if they're leaving holes in the back line, they're leaving them when they're trying to defend. So nothing's going to really change if you concede a goal. Like I think the fans would possibly be happier if they just kept attacking anyway. Yeah, I think that's how Wigan got relegated for memory. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say they're it. in the same sort of financial slash player list position as Wigan were. So well, if, if they start doing that, they just might be. All right, Barney. So Leicester City continue their unbelievable streak of not being able to replicate results. Um, Brighton get another draw, but let's move on to what was the clash at the weekend. A um, lot of build up. North London derby. Antonio Conte coming back to Chelsea, and like the Spurs boys were really up for it, weren't they, Sam? Ah, <laughs> uh, kind of. I'd say there's a couple that were. Loris was pretty up to it. Which, which one specifically? <laughs> no, tell, me which, tell me which one. Who played well? I'd say Loris and maybe Kane. That's not a I good sign. I give Loris. I give Loris and well Kane. And yeah, all you need is two ends of the field to play well. That's all you need. Now nah, it was it was not a good game for Tottenham. Chelsea like we're pretty fast out of the blocks and we're looking very strong early. Had a lot of possession. Um, Tottenham tried to work their way into the game and couldn't really sort of break Chelsea down. They'd string a few passes together in the back line and then as soon as they got to the midfield, it would just sort of break down and turn over possession. So that wasn't great. And then, yeah, we got that goal that was disallowed, which I don't know what you boys think, but I did not think it should have been disallowed. But I sort of also, as a Tottenham fan, I probably might be a bit more swayed. What did, what which did you one was think? that again? Refresh, refresh my memory. Kane sort of turns... Uh, oh, sorry. No, ball comes across the box and Thiago Silva sort of overruns it and Kane sort of like puts his hand into his back a little and sort of pushes it. And Thiago, as Silva, as soon as he feels it, sort of goes over and Kane gets the ball and, and gets a goal, but it's disallowed for the push. Uh, 
So, Barney, I think yeah. I think that was really harsh, and I felt like it was harsher in the context of the game too, because the second goal from Thiago Silva had like a genuine push on mm. Ben Davies, mm. and that was allowed. Yeah, yeah, because that push from Kane was so isolated, just them two. It's like so much more exposed. Whereas the yeah. one from Thiago Silva was in a bunch of like a big pack, so it's just nowhere near as no. It's but, almost but like Kane, accepted. Kane was like a less forceful like touch. Yeah, and but Thiago Silva was like a genuine push. Silva yeah. goes down in a soft breeze, like he he goes down like nothing else. Um, yeah, he's he's thirty seven. times, now. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got bad knees. Yeah, I think especially yeah when you compare those two, it does look pretty bad from like like a refereeing VAR perspective as well. It's like how can you you like let one be and not the other? Um, kind of like yeah, yeah. But I but, mean, like yeah, post- so. Barney, I think I think no, well, I think it's important that like we move on to the goal from Zage. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was I mean, like, yes, probably could have pushed out onto him a bit a bit faster, but like that was a cracker of a hit. I genuinely like you can't really like you can't yeah. you can't do anything about that. You you're not you're not expecting him to almost hit it there, and then you're also not expecting him to hit it that well. Like it you could see Loris like look and go to jump. He's like, nah, it's going over. And then it just dips so aggressively and goes absolute pigeon. It's like, yeah, a, gr- a great hit and a great goal. Um, but it just like a bit of like a symptom of what we had last year under Mourinho was like really slow starts after half time, And it seems to be a bit of an issue with, with Spurs. Um, if they have like an all right first half, They'll come out and just be like, if they have a shit first half, like they'll obviously get rinsed by Conte at halftime and they'll come out sort of fighting. But if they have a somewhat okay, there's good parts to it, then they'll come out in the second half sluggish. And you can see that straight away. Chelsea are 2 0 up inside 10 minutes and the game's over. Um, so that was uh, that was disappointing. Uh, I was probably fairly happy with Stevie Bergwine's performance. He looked pretty good. He was um, passing, if get got past a few guys, was like dribbling the ball well, which is what you want to see from him. But, yeah, overall, pretty average performance from Tottenham. Um, and, yeah, pretty, I guess, like pretty good indication of where we are as a team and a club at the moment. I think the, I think the point there, Barney, is like there is such a big gap between like your Harry Kane's. Like Harry Kane, like he's been pretty average this year, but like he genuinely looked up for it and he was really having a mm. red hot go, but there just wasn't enough on the pitch in that team to support him. Like he needs, because when he starts coming deeper, he looks like, like he's got to be surrounded by good players. And if he hasn't got that support around him, like he just looks a bit isolated. Um, and that I felt that about the whole game for him. What did you, what did you think of Rom's performance? I thought he was pretty fucking average. I, I thought he was shit, but there was one moment in the second half where he rolled Davison Sanchez where you're like, that's, that's what you want him to do. Like he just got his body in front, yeah. rolled, dropped the shoulder and rolled around him. And then that's sort of what you're about. Considering he's up against Davison Sanchez as well. He was about, that was his one successful one in about four attempts. Yeah, so, he, it wasn't. I think if they had a bit, if they had a more versatile player up there, they probably could have won by more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a bit one-dimensional, isn't he? He just—he is, and actually, there was a comparison with Tammy Abraham's season. Um, so I think Rom's got like four goals or something. Tammy Abraham's got like seventeen. He just—he just looks like they've like, and I guess it kind of is, but he just looks crowbarred into that team. Like it's like one of those things where you've paid eighty million for a striker, and you're like, we've got to play him. Where it's like he's not your best choice. It just doesn't. Nothing's like flowing right. It's not. It's not fluid. As, as soon as it gets to him, it seems to like break down, or they try and bring him into it and it breaks down. Like it just. 
I don't know why they keep playing him unless he's getting pressure from up top, which I feel like Tuchel wouldn't care about anyway. He'd just play who he wants to play. Like it's, it, it just but, seems weird they keep playing. I think at times also it looks like like it almost looks like the other players are better than him, but they're like, oh, we need someone to put the ball in the back of the net. But like you kind of don't, but you kind of do. So you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because like some, again, some of the interplay between like Kovacevic, Mount, Jorginho, Kante and stuff, like it's so slick. And then, you know, they slide in one of the fast wingers and you're like, well, we need someone to finish it. But you potentially may not need that anymore. Like with, you know, the introduction of the false nine, you've got like mm. blokes like Timo Werner who can't finish, but he's quite versatile in the way he moves <laughs> around the pitch. But like he does, he opens up space for other players. Like Mount got more goals when Werner was playing. Like because Werner was opening up holes. Just put it, yeah, put him in there as like a false, not even just a like false nine, just a false player, like just a pure distraction player. <laughs> a pol- yeah, a pol- I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they don't play like uh, Werner and Habits up top together, like off each other. Because yeah, Werner does create a lot of good space, and you know Habits would definitely slide into those spots. And he's not the best finisher either. But I mean, like we say, Lukaku's a good finisher. He he can't finish if he doesn't get any chances. So yeah. like. It's kind of pointless having him in there, I think. So anyway, it was a very good win for Chelsea. Sort of steadied their ship a little. They're staying in third on 47 points. I will point out, however, though, if Spurs win all their four catch-up games, they will go above Chelsea. Barney, also important to to note, um, if Manchester United win their two games in hand, they'd only be three points behind Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea aren't that safe. I mean, Liverpool are kind of in the same. They've got a couple of games in hand, but... Chelsea really aren't in a, a great spot at the moment. Still got, they're still, like, uh, still got a couple, but they're not. You're right. Like coming from where they were to where they are now, their form is quite bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is very poor. I mean, that was their. They've got one win in their past five games. So. It's like I wish they could play Spurs every week, don't they? <laughs> oh, they wish. That's so. Also, that is the first time since Chelsea uh, did it back in the nineties that they've beaten Spurs four times in a season. Oh Jesus! Uh, Spurs. When was the last time Spurs scored against them? Uh, it was 2018, I believe. Far out. It was Hyungmin's son back in 2018. Was the last <laughs> time they scored at Stamford Bridge, I think, or scored. A, I think it was scored at Stamford Bridge. That was scored at Stamford Bridge. But Spurs' record at Stamford Bridge is probably the worst record I've ever seen of any team at any ground in the Premier League. It's like 26 wins to Chelsea, one win to Tottenham, and like. Nine draws. According to the commentators, it's not as bad as Brentford's at Anfield, but I see your point. Oh, yeah, that goes back to 18th century. <laughs> they love that World, one. World War II was brutal for Brentford. Yeah. So. <laughs> Couldn't build a team. All right. That wraps up the games for review. So, any more, Job? I got any more emails? Check that. No, mate. But if you want to get in touch with the show, uh, footballplanonpaper at gmail.com, Facebook, footballplanonpaper, Insta at footballplanonpaper, Twitter at footballonpods. Enjoy the international break, lads. It's come around so fast. God, and we're oh, damn it. so Yuck. excited about it. Just when you ah. get a bit of a run on, um, we've got to split up. So oh, enjoy that. Give the Yeah, yeah. Give the boys a chance to get back from AFCON and, and rest up. Yeah, right. catch, get whatever they have when they come back. Yeah, get the COVID in and out of their system. All right, we'll see you after the break. Some Man City fan apparently slugged him. Oh, I like Jeremy. Shit, you're old. It was a direct attack at you. Like, you look every bit 30, huh? He'll be killed by a number of men in the dugout. Watch, watch, rumbles on. Pina colada, large one. 